Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to the Run of the Mills podcast, and we are Keeping Up with the King. This is episode 136, as we're going through the book of Matthew, and we are in chapter 12, and right around uh, verse uh, 33. Um, and hey, so this, what we're reading is a major um, smackdown from Jesus upon the Pharisees. The religious leaders have accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of the devil. So um, they didn't they didn't straight out say it to him, but uh, you know when we read earlier, it says that uh, when the, when they heard about Jesus casting out the demon from this this uh, blind and mute one. They said, you know, he does it by the, he casts out uh, demons except by the ruler of demons. And, you know, Jesus knows their thoughts. And so Jesus goes on this major smackdown um, on the religious leaders of the day. And it might seem, how would you put it, um, not very nice. Yeah, this is some, this is some of the part where, some of the parts of the Bible where Jesus is is responding in a way that seems very non-Jesus-like. And in fact, a lot of times these things, I think, get skipped over in like our Sunday school classes and in, and in church. So, you know, we don't always bring these things up because we're trying to stress Jesus' attitude toward forgiveness and, and uh, grace and love. And sometimes we, uh, I think we just skip over the, the times where he gives people a smackdown. And who does he give the smackdown to? Well, it's the religious leaders of the day. It's those who should know better, those who should know, those who have access to his word, those who have studied it, those who have meditated upon it, those who uh, have made it the focus of their life. And yet they're getting the smackdown uh, because, uh, well, they have been attributing what Jesus has done to the devil and the bigger problem, I think, is that the religious leaders, uh, I think in their name, right, their leaders, they are leading others astray. And that's a dangerous thing. And we see that God um, is very serious about those who are in positions of leadership. Uh, you know, you can read about, uh, it was in First Peter where it talks about, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, First uh, Timothy. Uh, chapter five, where Paul is writing to Timothy about uh, what to do with sinning elders, right? Leaders in the church. And he says, you know, if, if there's an elder who's sinning, he says, rebuke them in the presence of all that they may fear. And this is something that we've seen lately uh, in a lot of churches. Uh, it's been coming out out of a lot of these, uh, a lot of large churches, a lot of denominations, a lot of well-known pastors, where there's been problems within the church that the church has tried to handle quietly, where they said, here's this problem. We don't want to embarrass the church. And so we're going to handle this thing quietly, which is not uh, the prescription uh, given in First Timothy, where Paul's telling him, no, if, if, if one of your leaders sins, you rebuke them publicly in the, you know, it's in the presence of all. It's so that people see and they know they don't think that there's a sec, a special, um, you know, that the, that the boss can get away with it, that these guys, well, it's different for them. It's not, we're trying to, we're trying to protect their integrity and protect their reputation. No, um, 
they need to take care of this. See, what should have happened is not that they are rebuked in the presence of all by the leaders. What should have happened was that they themselves should have confessed to their church. This is what I've done. This is my failing. And some people have done that. You know, I always, I always have a greater respect for those people that will come out and say, look, I've failed, I've fallen, I've sinned, rather than those who have to be uh, rebuked um, in the presence of all, or even worse, those who um, their leadership tries to quietly cover up what's happened to save the church from embarrassment, which just makes it a cover up. And so uh, Jesus is rebuking these men and um, they need to be, you know, they need to be. He is tearing down their arguments. And we read about how uh, he said to the, you know, he said to them, he was not with me as against me. And he does not gather with me scatters abroad. And how he said to them, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. And he goes on, he says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Now remember, he's talking to the Pharisees, and he has just done a number of miraculous things. He's done good works and remember there's a time where that they want to kill him and he says for what good work are you you know picking up stones to stone me and they say you know it's not for any work it's because you being a man have made yourself uh, equal with god and so he's saying look think about this people either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit and I mean, you take this back to the thing that he was talking about, the casting out of this demon, like, look, I did a good work. And your sons, your, you know, your, your, your followers who are supposed to be these exorcists, they're not able to do this work. So who's good and who's bad? You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's like the, uh, uh, Elijah on the Mount of, of, uh, of Carmel with the, uh, the, the priests of Baal, where, uh, you know, he has the, who's God's bigger contest, you know, where he says, you know, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're both going to put this sacrifice out on these rocks and we're going to pray that God will, you know, whoever's God's real is going to send fire down from heaven and burn it up. And, you know, the, the priests of Baal, they try and they try and they try and they cut themselves and they scream and they yell all day long until they're exhausted and nothing happens. And all Elijah has to do is say, you know, Lord, let these people see who the true God is. And, um, you know, and the fire comes down and doesn't just, you know, burn up the sacrifice, but also the water that they poured on and the rocks. And, and so, you know, again, here's this challenge to them, either make the tree good and it's fruit good or else make the tree bad and it's fruit bad. And there's a contrast that he is pointing out and, uh, I think if we read this, we're going to see, we're going to see more of it. He says, brood of vipers. So he calls them snakes, you know, sons of snakes. Um, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. 
So here's the thing. Jesus already knows that these guys are wanting to destroy him. And he also knows that they know that they want to destroy him. And here's these great contrasts that he's bringing up saying, look, if you're good, you're going to bring forth good things. If I'm bringing forth good things, then what's the conclusion you draw? If you listen to my teaching and you say, that's good teachings, and you watch the things I do and you say, those are good things that he's doing, These, then what's the conclusion you draw? And when you see people that are doing things wickedly or evil, then there's a conclusion that can be drawn. And that the desires of these guys' hearts are wickedness. And the, the things that they're saying are wickedness. And so he's pointing this out. And then he, thro he throws in a little bit at the end where he says, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So he's, got, he's reminding them, like, look, everything you're saying, you're going to be accountable. You're going to stand before God for this. He says, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Which is a, you know, this is a fascinating thing to me, that there's this, this uh, standard of judgment um, where you're judged by your own words. Like, I mean, think about this. Like, as a Christian, if we're proclaiming the gospel, we're proclaiming that men are saved not by their own works, not by their own good deeds, but by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. I'm not saved because I'm a good person. I'm saved from not being a good person. I'm saved by a God who loved me, not because I'm worthy of love, but because of who he is. And he sends his son to pay the price for my sin on the cross. So the day when I stand before God and I'm judged by my words, well, what have my words been? What was the, the message of salvation that I was preaching? You know, um, and this is the beautiful thing about the gospel is that we're not judged by, we're not, we're not judged by our own standard. We're judged by, well, Jesus fulfilling that perfect standard, you know, and other, every other religious, every other religious group, religion, whatever false religion cult, it's never, it's never you're saved by. A loving God it's you're saved by maybe a loving God plus you following commandments you doing your part and the problem with that is if you're gonna be judged by your own words well if you're saying hey you need to follow the commandments love Jesus and follow the commandments that's how you get to heaven we have a big problem because by your own words you've been saying you have to follow the commands and um, how many days have you done that how many days, how many times have you faithfully gone an entire day fully keeping the commands of God, let alone your whole life? And so the question is, will your words condemn you? Will your own, will your own practices condemn you? Will your own hypocrisy condemn you? Uh, or, are you or are the words that you've been speaking, the words of the gospel saying, I, I'm not good enough? And none of us are good enough. We all need a savior. And, and Jesus is that savior. So uh, I think it's a fascinating thing, a fascinating thing to consider that, you know, for by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. And so I've talked about this uh, at, at length when we talked about forgiveness and, and we'll talk about that more when we get to chapter 18. We talk about the, the whole aspect of 
you know, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven kind of thing. It's the same idea of, you know, what, what is it that you believe? What is it that you proclaim? What is it that, what is that standard? Um, if, if forgiveness comes by worthiness, then you're not forgiven because you're not worthy. But if forgiveness comes as a free gift, well, that's a totally different story. And so therefore I offer forgiveness freely because I've received it freely. Anyway, I can go on and on about this, uh, as you well know. Uh, so, hey, talk next time. God bless you.